What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you got? All right, so I've told you guys many times that I have a shopping problem. I love to shop, <laughs> shoes, bags, you know, typical girl, clothes, whatever. I love it all. But I've been really good about not spending my money. Well, thanks to LaMelo Ball, that will change December 16th because his shoe is dropping. His first signature shoe is going to drop. If mm-hmm. you did not know, he signed... Um, he, he's partnered with Puma. And at yeah. first I was like, eh, I'm not really feeling the shoe. But then I kept looking at it and it's just calling my name. It's an all red shoe with a little bit of black. And of course, the Internet is always critiquing. It's saying that it looks like a Kyrie shoe. You know what? Kind of does. And it's probably why I like it, because I have a few pairs and I want it. And it's not that expensive. It's one hundred and twenty five bucks. So hopefully I get to buy it. It's actually a nice shoe. I'm looking at it here. It's like this reddish orange, right? Mm-hmm, with a little mm-hmm. black trim on it. Yeah. Yeah, not not bad. Like I I'd wear those. Right? Cuz remember Kyle Kuzma shoe. Ugh, that was that was not cute. Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like Puma? You guys like the brand Puma? I mean, I, back in the day I did. I mean, I have a few of their shoes um that I feel like look nice cuz I'm not going to say everything there looks nice. J Cole dropped yeah. a few uh, shoes with them, like a signature shoe with them, and it's actually not bad. I could never get any of those, so I'm hoping to grab this one. Why you don't like it? No, I do actually. Oh, okay. I have I I rock a pair of um, and you notice I don't wear them. I rock them. You see the difference? Mm, okay. But I rock a pair of like kind of older school blue, like navy blue, like they're kind of like suede looking and feeling Pumas. I like them. I like the old school Puma look. I I dig it. Yeah. I I mean a nice track. Like suit, I've seen this guy actually the other day in LA Live. I was like, "Damn, he was all Puma out, but it looked good." Some people can't rock Puma. Not everybody can rock the tracksuit well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. I was like, "Hey, sir, hello. <laughs> How you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody can rock the tracksuit. Although tracksuit in LA, especially in the winter time, is like perfect attire. You know? Yeah, I could tell he wasn't from LA though. But oh. yeah. He looked good. Kappa, you, I feel like you can be a tracksuit guy occasionally. I don't know if I'd call it a tracksuit, mm. but I do try to dress as if I might have to run or play ball at all times. So, you know, I've told you, <laughs> in the last two years, I've not put on a pair of shoes. I do not wear shoes anymore. I only wear sneakers. And so that's the first thing. And 95% of the time I'm wearing sweatpants that kind of look like they're fashionable sort of pants. But they can be athletic pants if I need to run or play ball, like I said, at any given moment. So, yeah, I, I dress like I'm ready to play a game at all times. How about you? Huh. You wear you got like an old school Sergio Tacchini still in the uh, closet, no, George? No, no. I've got – so I, you know, I got a little like – I don't know. I've got all sorts of stuff. I got like sweatpants. I buy it on Navy. I've got like Lululemon in there mm. somewhere. You know, I've got like – you know, I, I have so many jackets that the company sends me. Um, like that, you know, I rock those a lot <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I mean, I've got a few jackets I'll buy like that are more dressy. Um, but like if I'm just chilling, yeah, it, it doesn't make a difference to me. Now, look, I will say this. I, I did get a little bougie pre pandemic and then certainly during the pandemic, um, you know, because one of my colleagues at ESPN, uh, who's not a talent, he's a, just a boss. And he was telling me he travels a lot. He's like, yo. You got to buy these Lululemon pants. They got pants um, that they look like dress pants, right? but they're like stretchy. Right. And, and you the- would never guess that they're stretchy. Right. And I'm like, no, nah, dog, for real. No, they're great. So, and they're unbelievable. They're like 150 right. bucks, 
But I've now bought them in like four different colors. Yeah, and, and I wear them with suits, and nobody can time. tell the difference that I'm not wearing the pants with the suit. The, Same the deal. pants that come all, with the suits all the time. They're called. You ready for this? The, the Lululemon pants. They're called ABCs. Yeah. You know what that stands for? Yeah. Yeah. You do. Oh no! What does it stand for? It stands for anti ball crusher. Okay, and it's totally true. Like that is their. You and the TMI. You know. I mean, you just can't help yourself. There's no. But I didn't make that up. No, I, I swear to you, that's what it stands for. That's what it stands for. The anti-ball crusher pants. That's what they're called. And and they're so comfortable. And I swear to you, you can wear them with a sport jacket and no one's going to look at you and go, why didn't you put on a nice pair of pants? But I will tell you this, speaking of getting bougie, have you guys gotten into the brand at all called Viore? Does anybody know that brand? No. Mm-mm. Have you seen Never the TV commercials? Oh, really? Mm-mm. Yeah, TV commercials are plastered everywhere. I see them being sold in a lot of shops now because there's only a few of their, you know, like uh, brick and mortar type shops. But check out Viore's. Those are the pants that I claimed. That's yeah. the reason I got so fat during COVID because they're the most comfortable pants, t-shirts, and sweatshirts yeah. you'll yeah. ever wear. Yeah. yeah. By the way, as far as shoes though, I don't wear anybody's shoes but Jordans. You Do did you know say why? That. You did say that. Do you know why? Do you remember why I said that? No. Because I. All these other guys, I gotta, I gotta see them. Like I cover them. You know what I mean? Uh, like, it's, you think they're gonna get it, jealous? Like, why are you wearing those Kyrie? Why are you wearing LeBron and not wearing KD? You know what I mean? Or why? You know what I'm saying? That so makes it's sense. just like, so I just stick to Jordan. So that way, when I'm when I'm when I'm at an event, and I, you know, or, or even at a game, because I wear the Jordans. I have like black on black Jordans with white trims, um, which I wear with black suits all the time. Um, and like, yeah, that way nobody can tell me anything. This is I'm wearing Jordans. I'm wearing the goat. So that's a smart move, though. For you, I understand because you cover these guys. But some of these guys have fire shoes, man. They do. It's like, do. damn. Shoes. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So real quick on the Lakers. Lindsay, you gave this stat earlier. Give the people something good to think about when it comes to the Lakers, which, you know, there's not a lot right now. I mean, they're 500. It's not what people expected. Uh, well, when um, if we're talking about when LeBron James is playing at center, uh, the combination of him, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, and Malik Monk have played 12 minutes together this season and have a 4.49 net rating when yeah. they're all on the floor together. That's pretty impressive, although 12 minutes. I know small sample size, but again... I think that's stuff that Frank is going to have to explore, right? Like, that, th- those are things that stick out, and I think you figure it out. I think you try to find an AD lineup that you can maximize when LeBron's not on the floor. You try to maximize a Russ lineup. T- to me, they're still clearly in the experimental phase here, Cap, because they missed LeBron for so much of the start of the season, it felt like. Well, yeah, I mean, look, if you're trying to say to yourself, what, what are we? Who are we? Well, here's who we thought the Lakers were, at least coming into the season and on paper. We're a LeBron-led team with Anthony Davis as our two, and we've got Russ now, and he's an explosive player, and we added in all these other guys. And let's be honest about it. Through 20-plus games, they're very mediocre. They're, they're just very average. And, and by the way, that's not saying, hey, LeBron missed all these games, so you know, let's, let's not really judge them because LeBron had you know, missed so much time. No, they, they have LeBron. And even with LeBron, George, is it? Am I overstating it? They're just at this stage of the game, they're just not very good yet. No. Now, now, will they get significantly better, and will they be ready for the postseason three months from now? We'll see. Maybe longer. We will find out. It's actually quite a bit longer than three months. But 
Six months. We'll find out. Right now? Well, no, no. no. The playoffs will start in uh, what, mid-April, April. May? Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so four, four months and change. Yeah. But right now, they're just not very good. So if right. I'm Frank Vogel, I will, I'm willing to try every and anything, and I feel like LeBron James can play any position, but the thing is I need him on the floor directing traffic. So where's it better? Is it better at center or is it better at point? Depending on the lineup, we'll determine where I need LeBron on the floor, I suppose. Correct. Correct. That's exactly what it'll be, for sure. Um, now, let me ask you this. Because LeBron and Frank Vogel were asked about the criticism, and both basically brushed it off. Um, you know, the criticism is out there, specifically about Frank. And LeBron said, quote, I think the criticism comes with the job, you know? He said after practice today, Frank is a strong-minded guy. He's a great coaching staff, and we as his players have to do a better job of going out and producing on the floor. We're a team and an organization that don't mind some adversity and don't mind people saying things about us, obviously because it comes with the territory. Vogel also added he'd been a coach for a long time, for over a decade. There's going to be criticism. Is there more nationally coaching this Lakers team? Yes. Is it? Uh, is there a bigger fan base in the market because it's L.A.? Yes. Uh, but he's like, every head coach has something to deal with, so I'm not unfamiliar. It just comes with the territory. Now, I, I look, I, I expected Frank to say that, and I'm glad that this is being addressed. Dave McMiniman wrote the story for ESPN.com. I'm glad this is being addressed because it felt like Frank for a minute was kind of like, just kind of fluttering in the wind a little, was it not? Yeah, I think last week the talk about who was to blame and who was going to be scapegoated for the Lakers, again, mediocrity. And so you can't get rid of most of these guys. You know, LeBron's not going anywhere, AD's not going anywhere, and Russ's contract is $44 million a year that nobody wants. So, you know, you have minimal pieces that can be moved. So what my point is is this. This is the team you have. Will they make a move later in the season? Perhaps. How much will it be impactful? We'll find out if they if they actually do. But for the time being, somebody's got to take the blame. And everybody was looking at Frank. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, look, the Lakers are 12 and 12. But do I put that on the coach? Or do I put that on the guy who constructed the roster? And to me, that's LeBron. So between LeBron being hurt and missing a whole bunch of time and then LeBron's decisions as to who he wanted and who he didn't want and then Rob Palenka having to do all the math to put all the pieces of the puzzle together, I don't really put a lot of this so far on Frank Vogel. I put a lot more of it on LeBron and the front office. But aren't they one and the same? I mean, they are and they aren't because, you know, the GM has gone out and said on the record, right, that, that they, he collaborates with, with LeBron and AD. So, I mean... Yes and no is what I would say. Um, it is until there isn't is what I would say. Do you understand what that means? Um, kind of, sort of. Tell me what you mean. It means that there is until it goes south to the point where LeBron's like, hey, man, I ain't the GM. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Right. Don't put it on me. It's on him. Yeah. I'll tell you who it's not on. Today, as of right now, it's not on Frank Vogel. Listen, I, I don't know about you, George, but defense to me, yeah, there's strategy and there's game planning and there's film study and so on and so forth. But to me, a lot of times defense can be about effort. And it wasn't uh, – it was last week they were playing against – I'm trying to recall which game it was. Oh, it was Sacramento, where Frank said at halftime, there's just no effort, none. And I feel like I saw a lot of that same lack of effort against the Clippers. I really do. Um, I feel like there were times – 
where Anthony Davis is way outside and and should have his hands up and should be a lot closer to the offensive player, and they're just putting up three-point shots over Anthony Davis or LeBron James. You know, guys driving the lane right through LeBron, going right around him. I feel like I feel like a lot of times defensively there's a real lack of effort. Uh sometimes it certainly feels that way. I don't I don't think there's any question about that. Um but you know, again, we'll see. I don't I don't push the panic button until after the trade deadline. I mean, that's the reality of this. I got my Speaking of the trade right deadline, here. we didn't get to the one player that the Lakers may need to deal. We can do some of that on the other side. Plus, uh just when you thought you had the Chargers pegged. We talked about the Rams, talked about the Raiders, but cap the Chargers they love sticking it to you, and they did that, but there may be some trouble lurking. We'll get into that on the other side as well. Stick around. We're back in a couple minutes. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We, uh, no, uh. Kawee's bad boys for life. Go went nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. Stop now, cause we're bad boys for life. Nice. I'm surprised you're not. Uh, you're not. Well, I want to listen. I don't want to step on your outstanding lyrics right there. I mean, you were really into it. Really good. By the way, you would have been happy this morning. I was uh, taking my Alex Toussaint class tonight. Uh, this morning was not Club Bangers, just so you know. Not Club Bangers. Nope, nope. This was just a uh, this was just a hip hop class, and he he went some old school, and he broke out. Uh, it takes two to make the thing go right. I know that's one that we both like a lot. Yeah, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that one that one got me fired up today on the on the Peloton bike. When are we going to have Alex Toussaint on the show? We can talk some NBA. Oh my God, we can talk Peloton. Ask. How about you have him on when I'm off? No, you. what are you talking about? He's a huge Heat fan. You guys are going to bro down. <laughs> I don't want to. Nobody here cares about the Heat. What am I going to talk to him about the Heat for? What are you talking about? You, you mention your Heat connections all the time, Pat Riley. I mean, you, why don't we just do like a separate podcast then with him or something? All right, I'll do it while you're off. You got it. I mean, I'll do it later in the month while you're off. There you go. Every, everybody's going to love it. You you're going to miss it. I, I, you know what? Tell him I say hello. No. No. You're a non-robe-wearing, non-pelotoning, non-Alex Toussaint fan. No. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, where were you? You were about to bring up the Chargers. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the char- Two things. Go ahead. 
first, finishing the Lakers conversation, would mm-hmm. you put THT on the market for a good player right now? 100%. And it, you're not getting a star for THT. It doesn't make enough money. But no. a, just a good veteran guy that can help you win a championship. 100%. I just want to say, a year ago, last season, no, he's too young. He's got too much upside. That was my thought last season. Seeing the way the, con- the, the roster has been rebuilt and seeing what the Lakers are at 12-12, and 12, seeing how many games LeBron has already missed, all of those kinds of considerations – at this stage of the game, I don't think Taylor, Hort- Taylor Horton Tucker is ever going to be your number one. I don't think he's going to be your number two. I think he's always going to be a role player on your team. And if I can get somebody who I think can help me this year achieve a championship or at least pursue a championship, this would be the time I'd have to part ways with THT. How about you? I, I, it has to be for the right player because I think he can play, but he's still a ways away from being a guy that can affect the game night in and night out, to your point. Um, do I, you know, I, I don't want to put a ceiling on the young man because he's still so young. Um, do I think he's going to be a number one? No, I would agree with you there. Uh, you know, two or three, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what his ceiling is. He's 21 years old. So I don't want to do that to a 21-year-old. However, you know, you have to make business decisions when you have a team that's this mature, let's call them. I don't want to call them old, right? This mature. And there's a timeline. You know how in the movie, uh, my, uh, you know, uh, my cousin Vinny, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marissa Tomei, her biological clock was ticking. That's right. Well, th- this team's uh, championship clock is ticking, right? So there there may need to be concessions made if you want to try to win a championship this year. Yeah, and this team right here only has about two Utes. That's right. They Utes. do, and he's one of them. Yeah, he got two Utes. One of them's THT. That's one yeah. Ute. Yeah. That's all I got. So look at you. I like the way you did that. That was actually very nice. Yes, thank you. And by, and you got to be impressed that I know my cousin Vinny. Right. Well, the movie's also like 30 years old. So right, that's true. I would assume you would have seen that. Yeah, that one I saw. That one I got. How about Ralph Macchio in My Cousin Vinny? That's like that's not, not a, a name that you, you go, oh, yeah, Ralph Macchio. What do you think of? You think yeah, of Karate he was, Kid. Uh, that was, Vinny was his cousin. Right. That's right. I got a guy. He can take care of it. Calls his cousin Vinny. Down comes cousin Vinny. Yeah. We take care of it. Two Utes. Herman Munster was the uh, was the judge. What was his real name in real life? Was it Fred Gandy? Grandy? Gandy? No, that was probably the guy from L- the Love Boat, the guy who became a congressman, Fred something or other. Yeah, what was no, name? I, um, the guy who Fred played Herman Gwynn? Munster. Fred, I know Gwynn, Fred, like Tony so, Gwynn, I believe. Maybe I think you might be onto it there. Yeah. So God, he'll always be Herman Munster to me. Yeah, I will look it up here shortly. Give me a second. Yes, Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Very go. good. And then who's yeah. Fred Gandy? I don't know who that is. No, I think it. I think it's Gopher. I think Fred Gandy. Check me. I think somebody fact check me here. I think he was Gopher on the Love Boat. Uh, then, he was on the Love Boat, and he was Gopher. Don't I feel smart? I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. If we did a show in the '80s, you'd be rocking right. Dude, now. right now I'd be very contemporary. Right now, <laughs> seriously, I'd be. I'd be like with the times right now. <laughs> How about that guy from Love Boat? Gopher. Yeah. Like, that would be my thing, you know? <laughs> then I'd give you the Isaac point. <laughs> you already do that. That's what you do. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, uh, with the Chargers, you, you, were all, you were out on them. Big. You were ready to pounce. I feel like you've been ready to pounce on the Chargers all season long, and they start off really hot, and you were kind of eating some crow a little bit, but you were waiting in the wings because you felt like it'll happen. Eventually, it'll break for them the, the, in the other direction, and it did. And then you were really ready to put the nail in the coffin on them, just like we did the Raiders a couple of segments ago. Mm-hmm. And they came out and just walloped 
the uh, Bengals. They were up 24 nothing. Then it got close, and I bet you for a second you thought they were going to blow that game. Be of honest. course I did. Of course, 100% I did. Listen, yes. you, you have a 24-0 lead, right? Yes. And you're on the road, and you're playing against the Cincinnati Bengals, and what's the likelihood that Cincinnati – by the way, they've got a good young quarterback. They've got some really talented wide receivers. They've got a good running back. They're a pretty good team, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But you're at home and you, you get a 24-to-zip lead. That's it. Game, set, match. But wait yeah. a second. Here come the Bengals. Right. They get it to 24-22. And then the Bengals chargered all over themselves. The Bengals did what the Chargers like to do. Just find ways to give games away. Fumble that was taken to the house by the Chargers defense. A throw into the end zone into double coverage that gets picked off. So the turnover game went all the Chargers' way just when Cincinnati thought they were bringing it close. They had it to 24-22, and then they just completely lost it. I actually think the Bengals and the Chargers are very, very similar. You know, good young quarterback, exciting player, some really talented wide receivers, but they always kind of get up and people start to sell the hype, and then they find a way to crash back down to earth. The Chargers, they got this win. They'll beat the Giants this week, I'm sure. Then they'll take on the Chiefs. They won't beat the Chiefs. They'll beat a team like the Texans. They'll play the Broncos and the Raiders. And you know what, George? Honestly, if I'm looking at it, just the numbers, Chargers might be 11-6, and 10-7. They're right there in the playoff race. Yeah. But I don't see them making any major noise. Do you? No, but, I mean, that's a big step for them, right? 11-6 and six, if they finish that way. And, you know, they got Justin Herbert, who I believe basically outside of, like, Dan Marino has been, like, has all those, like, records in his rookie season in the first two years of his career he's even had a better start statistically in, in than, than Patrick Mahomes in his first two years yeah I mean listen you look at the AFC and we're watching Buffalo and New England play tonight um, I'm not so sure I'm sold on either of those two teams um, Tennessee I'm definitely I haven't even watched the on. second of that game yeah I'm watching it and I, I should watch a second of it because I got to do around the horn tomorrow yeah. but I see that it's 11 to seven right now with two minutes to go and it's second, freezing cold time. and there's yeah. crazy winds and it's just it's just one of those ugly games that when you watch you're so glad you're not there and you're home and you're nice and warm but New England Buffalo Tennessee Baltimore I'm not sure I'm buying any of those guys Kansas City their offense doesn't look like what it did in the last two to three years. So look, as as much as I you know expect the Chargers to fold at some point, they're certainly right in the middle of it all. All right, let's take a couple quick calls. King is in L.A. Uh, he wants to chime in on this THT conversation. King, what do you got? What's up, King? Yeah, I agree with y'all with the THT trade. He's gonna have to go. They're gonna have to get a guy like Jeremy Grant. That's the perfect guy if you could get Jeremy right, Grant. Right, someone like or- that. Yep. Yeah, but my but my main point I want to make to y'all, y'all are wrong about Vogel, man. Vogel got to go. And it's nothing against Vogel personally, but I keep hearing a, a lot of you guys on this station say how joyful and tight they were in the bubble. This ain't the bubble no more. You know, this is a different Well, team. I've actually never said they that need phrase a different ever leader on the right show. now. They need a yeah. different voice. They need a shift of energy. Let, let Phil Handy... Or, or my other guy from uh, Miami take control of the team and just see if he could get a hold of the locker room and spark some energy. Frank Vogel's voice is dead. He couldn't coach that Clippers game. Now, the reason we lost to the Clippers is because of Vogel. Why are you leaving Luke Kennard open at the end of the game, bro? 
open. Dude, Luke Kennard shot the ball right over Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is out there on the wing trying to play defense, and Kennard is firing the ball over him. I don't know okay, how you play a coach for that. What about the two possessions before that? The two no, he had a couple of open looks, that. but the, the, one, the, the, the dagger to Cap's point was over E.D. He's double, he, he's double teaming Paul George down the stretch for what reason, and you don't – he had LeBron at center and let Isaiah Hardenstein score eight buckets in a row. I want to tell you something, though, King. You tell me what you think about this. Thank you, King. I, I oh, no, no, know. wait, don't hang up on King. I don't know that anybody has enough clout to really coach a LeBron James team. I mean, tell me who in his career has been a, a coach to, to that, that fits Okay, I'll give you two Luke. guys that, that stood Ty up Luke. to him. Okay, uh, well, Come Eric Spolster and Ty, Eric Spolstra and Ty Lue stood up to LeBron plenty of times. But Ty Lue, okay, look, Spolstra, LeBron joined Spolstra's team. Can we all agree on that? Right, but and there was also Pat Riley there that changed the dynamic. Okay, some. I, all right, I get and, that. And as, and as but Teron Lue, he's right. Teron Lue was not afraid to get in in Bron's face. But but Ty Lue was LeBron's choice of coach number one, as I recall. Yes, and number two, Ty Lue, to his credit had a legitimate championship-caliber playing career. Frank yeah, he was a good that. role player on championship team, yeah. Right, Frank doesn't have that. But I would, I would argue that it is very difficult, bordering on impossible. Thank you, King. we got to run. To really coach LeBron. It's not easy. I, I, I'm the first to tell you that it's not easy. Uh, but I think Frank has done a pretty decent job because Frank is very detail-oriented. He lets guys know immediately how he plans on playing them. Like, all that stuff matters. Those are little things that, King, you clearly know the game. I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect you. Those are just things that you don't know because I talk to players who tell me that, that they love playing for Vogel because of just little details like that. Like, yo, I always know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to play, how many minutes I'm going to play. And for these guys, that matters a lot. I think that... Could there be things in-game that he's doing that he could be doing differently? I think he's just searching for answers for a team that just stinks on defense. I mean, that's it. I'm I'm putting a little respect on your name out there, King. That's a new phrase I'm just using now, George. Putting respect on somebody's name. That's one of my new ones that I'm using that I really, really like. Excellent work out of you. Thank you, King. I know there's more people that want to chime in, but we got Big Deal or No Deal that's coming up next. Stick around. 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Speaking of big deals, a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000. Se habla espanol. Visit them online, samandashlaw.com. Linz, what do you got? 
Well, the Denver Broncos are reportedly making preparations for the potential sale of the franchise. According to Yahoo Sports, the team interviewed multiple bankers last month in a sign that steps are being taken toward a change in ownership. The franchise is currently controlled by the trust of late owner Pat Bolin, but its long-term ownership future has been mirrored in uncertainty and legal challenges as Bolin's children disagree over who should control the team or if it should be sold. If the Broncos are sold, it's going to be for a record price. Is the Broncos possibly being sold a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Yeah, it's a big deal. Anytime uh, you know a scarce asset goes, that's a big deal. And you know, football teams are worth you know several billion dollars. Uh, in you know, that's not it's not a small amount of money. You know, there's only so many people on the earth that can uh, manage to buy those things. Uh, at least individually, certainly uh, you know, and not that many more as a collective. So big deal. And you just don't get a lot of the turnover when it comes to ownership in on a lot of these franchises and professional sports here in this country. So, uh, yes, monster deal, I would say. I'm trying to remember what the Carolina Panthers sold for. So that'll kind of give us a jumping off point. I want to say it was three and change because I really do believe that when the Clippers were sold. 2.275. 2.75? 2.275. Gotcha. When the Clippers were bought by Steve Ballmer at $2 billion, it just changed the game. People Uh, thought he was nuts. Well, turns out he wasn't nuts, right? I mean, he he actually had the foresight and he had the cash to do it. Um, When you look at the Carolina Panthers at 2.2 and change, the Denver Broncos are probably looking at 2.75, 3, 3 billion and change. What I would love to see is... John Elway slash Peyton Manning. Peyton's always talked about possibly being an owner. I would love for those guys to be the front guys and put together a group that could take over that franchise and, you know, keep Elway. I just like the history of Elway being involved. Peyton Manning wants a piece. Oh, yeah, because he's done such a great job. Well, he he has at least assembled a team that did win a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I acknowledge that he's not exactly the greatest, you know, builder of a roster and he hasn't been able to get a quarterback right since he got Peyton Manning and he was kind of lucky about that but he doesn't have to be the guy who runs the the actual roster just kind of has his face plastered on the team so but it's going to set a record is right it'll probably be a three billion dollar asset I would guess at least Mm -hmm. On right. to the next one. So next one, a new Twitter study conducted by Bet Online claims that Lakers fans complain the most about officiating in the NBA. The study utilized a month's worth of Twitter data and collected negative tweets about calls made towards each each team in the league. Lakers fans outranked New York Knicks fans, which entered at second place by quite a substantial margin. <laughs> fans of the Nets, the Bulls, the Golden State Warriors rounded out the top five. Is the idea that Lakers fans complain the most about NBA officiating a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's no deal to me. I mean, I could have told you that just based watching on Twitter and how much they complain to me about me saying anything sometimes. <laughs> so, they have the largest fan base in the world, you know, as far as a basketball team is concerned. Of course, they're going to be the team that complains the most and have the highest metrics on that. That makes um, sense. I mean, you, you, it doesn't matter what you say. You could say something good and there will be people like, no, you're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they would complain about that. So complaining about officiating, of course, every team complains about officiating, but they have the sheer numbers. Um, that would make it worse. Not surprised in the slightest bit that Laker fans, according to these metrics, are the biggest complainers about officiating because you got to blame somebody. And when you feel entitled to a championship, 
when you feel like it's always going to happen. Yeah, we're 12 and 12. We're still going to win the championship. Well, do you realize how many issues there are with this team at this stage of the game? Doesn't matter. We're still going to win. When you have that entitled attitude, like it's ours, we're going to win no matter what. If you lose, whose fault is it? It's got to be somebody's fault. First shot, referees. So you're calling this a big deal, Cap? Okay, I'll go with big deal. Well, I just want to point out that I guess Sedano has a very good point. I think he's right that just like the sheer numbers alone, because there's so many Lakers fans, that's probably why there's the most tweets about negative officiating. That's what I think. Unless they Mm -hmm. did, like, comparison with the positive ones, you know. Laura, you're always complaining about officials, I feel like. Am I? I mean, okay, I was like, what? I will say that we are kind of petty sometimes. I can can admit to that. But, I mean, you know, they hate us, so. (laughs) Oh, they hate us because they ain't us. (laughs) Exactly. Just saying. (laughs) All right, so next one. Drake wants no part in competing for a Grammy. The four-time Grammy winner and his management asked the Recording Academy to withdraw his two nominations from the final round ballot. And Drake's request was honored. He was nominated for the Best Rap Album, Certified Lover Boy, and Way Too Sexy featuring Future and Young Thug. Which I love that song, and I shouldn't because it's not that good, but God, I like that it's song. It's a song I, you love to hate, I feel, or hate to oh love. Oh my God, I like that song, and I'm like, I hate myself for liking it. I feel it. the same way. They played oh, it at the wait, fight last why? night, Tell me why. and I was just like, Because oh. it's, just a, it's just a remix of a song from the 90s, for God's sake. Yeah, you know the I'm but Too the, Sexy song, Cap, But the right? beat yeah. is so good. The beat is so good it's so good and it's such a just like the one in the 90s was so catchy this is also catchy what was the name it was it was it right said right said fred oh my goodness my favorite line i'm too sexy for my cat yeah with the uh with the fishnet shirts (laughs) (laughs) i wait i have a funny story about that i remember being like i don't know eight years old or something like that and i was at my grandparents house and I turned on MTV, and that video was playing. And my grandpa came in there, and he was like, get that off of my television. Oh, my God. I can't God. believe you're watching that. <laughs> I mean, you also, your parents were very puritanical. You know what I mean? Like, your family. Like, you, they wouldn't let you watch anything, right? Well, I that's why I was watching MTV at my grandparents' house, because I could not watch MTV at my house. It was blocked. Yeah, right. these are conservative Midwestern people here, George. Puritanical, baby. Yeah, that's the way it works. Yeah, that's what they wanted to say, but, you know, yeah. they let me go all the time. All right. So anyway, as I was saying, the song, that's one of the songs that he was nominated for a Grammy for. Um, Drake has called out the Grammys in previous years. He said that it's not fair that he's been nominated for category. He's not been nominated for categories outside the rap category. Basically, they're just kind of typecasting him as just a rapper when, you know, Mm -hmm. he's an R&B singer, too. Mm -hmm. Is Drake withdrawing from Grammy consideration a big deal or no deal, Cap? No deal. No deal. I just, I can't figure out, like, why this would be a big deal. You know, like, hey, look, um, I don't like the fact that you guys don't nominate me in things other than this. I feel like I'm more of a singer and less of a rapper, or at least I'm an equal singer and rapper. Yet you only, you, you pigeonhole me into this one category. So guess what? I'm out. So I don't really see that as a big deal. Uh, I think it's a big deal because I think it's a great statement that this is that they do pigeonhole people and they put people in boxes and nobody likes to be put in a box. And the music is far more mainstream than what the Grammys particularly give it credit for. So I would say big deal and goodbye, Drake, even though I hate myself for liking his too sexy song. 
I, I think it's a big deal, too, really quick, just because remember the year Jethro Tull beat Metallica for best, like, rock group? Yeah. Jethro yeah. Tull beat Metallica for what? It, it was like best rock group or rock album. And it, they're not even the same genre, like not even close right. to the same genre Correct. of music. The Grammys are super outdated, man. That's the reality of it. Laura, what's your favorite Jethro Tull song? I love Jethro Tull, by the way. Aqualung, probably the What's best. your favorite one besides Aqualung? Um, yeah, Cross-Eyed Mary. Thick as a Brick. Or um, The Hair Who Lost His Spectacles. I know a lot of them. It's all my dad listens to. Locomotive gotcha. Breath. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's Is good. Jethro Tull a guy or a band? It's a band. It's a band, dude. Led by Ian Anderson, <laughs> the flute player and singer. I just always thought, like, I was like, Jethro Tull, okay, he's an interesting guy. They're like, no, dude, he's not a guy. He's a band. Don't you challenge me. Well, I mean, me. now I feel better about you thinking the game was also a group, so there's that. <laughs> well, how about Leonard Skinner? How about Len? How about Big Lenny Skinner? That's a group. No, Lenny yeah. is a band also, okay. I guess. It's okay. not just Got Lenny. It. Hey, that's a good game idea. Band or person. <laughs> we could do that. That'd be funny. Yes. Um, all right, one more, Lynn. All right. Uh, Tyron Woodley will get a second shot at Jake Paul I saw this. on December 18th after Tommy yeah. Fury pulled out as Paul's opponent because of a quote-unquote medical issue. Yeah. Paul defeated Woodley by a split decision back in August uh, when it was a closely contested eight-round cruiserweight fight. Jake Paul posted a video on social confirming the rematch this morning and said that contractually he'll pay Woodley an additional $500,000 if he knocks him out. Is this a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Big deal. I actually think it's a better fight uh, than Tommy Fury. Uh, I also feel like the Fury family needs to leave Tommy alone. Like, just because they all fight doesn't mean he should be fighting. Like, we've seen that plenty. Like, just let him be his own person. Um, Chael and I were talking about this today on the UFC show on ESPN+, Plus, which you can watch every Monday and Wednesday, uh, the Chael Sonnen Show with George Sedano. Uh, we talk UFC and boxing and combat sports. So, yeah, it, it just, yeah. Um, it's a big deal, but I think it's a big deal because I think Woodley should actually win this time. I love these celebrity fights. And I, hate I know them. I'm kind of on my own oh. on these. But what's yeah, funny about Yeah, but this one's is- different because like I think that he's actually starting to legitimize himself as a as a fighter, don't you think? Well, I mean, he he does look the part. You know, he doesn't show up and disrespect the game by showing up sloppy like untrained. I mean, I, I actually can can get behind that. It's just that, interesting, George, I love these celebrity fights. You hate them. You think this is a big deal. I actually think this is no deal. You know, this is kind of like a replacement fight. Like, hey, this guy's out, so Fury's out. Hurry up. Who can we find? Oh, get Woodley. He wants another shot. You know, so let's just do that. So, to me, I've kind of seen this one, um, but I'll probably watch again just because I like all these celebrity fights, and I'm waiting for somebody to kick both Paul brothers' asses. Hasn't happened yet. Nope. All right, that is Big Deal, No Deal, each and every day at 6.30. All right, one last segment to go. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This used to get played at stadiums and arenas, I felt like. This is one of right my favorite now. songs. I love this song. Oh, this is all your, up your oh, alley dude. for sure. First of all, let me just make a political statement here. Laura, yeah. have your finger close to the dump button because yeah, I, if uh-oh. I get too political, 
you know, people get all offended. But let me make a political statement. Here yeah. goes. Yeah. Sammy Hagar Van Halen is better than David Lee Roth Van Halen. I disagree. I know a lot of people might find that to be offensive. Give me the guy who, um, you know, would uh, would do like spinning back kicks on stage, mm -hmm. dressing in crazy clothes. I used to feel the same way. Yeah, I used to nah, feel the Sammy exact Agar's same cool. way. Sammy Hagar's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. He's just a more mature Van Halen. I don't like the mature Van Halen. Give me oh, the yeah. Van Halen talking about, uh, you know, I wish they all could be California girls. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to uh, be a big David Lee Roth fan. And then a buddy of mine was a huge Sammy Hagar fan. He got me into Sammy Hagar. I've seen Van Halen with Sammy and with David Lee. And a few years ago, I saw Sammy Hagar put on an insane Van Halen show. Then, like, the following year, David Lee Roth was their singer again. He forgot the words to Panama. Well, he's stage. also, like, you know, had plenty of issues. I know, but, but David Lee was, like, yelling at the crowd. We were like, boo. He's like, hey, you people should be, like, thanking me. I haven't sang these songs in 25 years. You're lucky I know any of the words. I'm like eight rows in. I'm going, but Dave, Diamond Dave, baby, the, the song is just Panama. That's it. Panama, oh, 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 Panama, uh, 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 uh. That's it. Now, not to mention, freaking David Lee Roth looks like Barry Manilow on stage all of a sudden. I don't know what's happened to the guy since he cut his hair. So, political statement, I see Sammy Hagar Van Halen better than David Lee Roth Van Halen. Okay. Although we disagree. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen them. I don't, I, I'm not going to a concert to watch old guys. Like, that's just generally the case for the most part. I mean, I'm no. not saying it's 100% my deal, but like nine times out of 10, I'm not watching old guys. Well, Sammy Hagar is a great all American rock and roll star, even now at like 70 years old. Okay. You know? Nah, I've never been a huge, I mean, he's fine. Like, he's just not, he doesn't do anything for me. Um, so, Cap, we were talking during the break because Lindsay asked me what bowl games I'm doing on radio, and mm -hmm. I said, I'm doing two games. I'm doing the L.A. Bowl, yep. which is the Jimmy Kimmel-sponsored bowl, which is awesome, and the Alamo Bowl. So the uh, L.A. Bowl, you were disappointed because you thought UCLA and San Diego State would play in that game. I would have. Listen, there was a chance that if San Diego State would have beaten Utah State this past weekend in the Mountain West Conference Championship played in Carson, that yeah. San Diego State could possibly play UCLA in this Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, which I thought right. would have been really fun, you know? Yeah. It's a good city-to-city -city rivalry, school-to-school, conference-to-conference. Uh, I, I thought that could have been a lot of fun. But um, as it turns out, San Diego State didn't do their part. No. You got so crushed. I, I would, I'd really like to get Jimmy Kimmel on the show because he's got. I'm sure he would tell a really we great should. story about how he got Jimmy gets yeah. the naming rights to this bowl game. It's pretty awesome. I think it's great. It's I can't wait. So cool for a guy. Let's who try to get him on. Oh, we will for a guy who started his career doing you know, being the sports guy, right? Of, yeah. a, of an LA radio show and and yeah. what he's turned his career into. I have so much admiration and love and respect for him. Yeah, I would. Now he's got. And let me tell you something. He's a really cool, down to earth guy. So it's not like so he's I hear. A, that's that's right. Yeah, you know, I've got my own bowl game now, the Jimmy Kimball. He's like, dude, do you believe it? I've got a bowl game named after me. Yeah, it's cool. It is cool. It is cool. Um, the Alamo Bowl is interesting because uh, it's Oregon uh, with an interim coach without Mario Cristobal, which, by the way, I've been hinting at that for days, that that was going to happen, <laughs> that he was going to leave Oregon, which I think is a good thing for SC. You know, like, he's arguably the best recruiter in the country. You know, I mean, uh, Oregon will always get a pretty good coach, um, and he's left a lot of talent there, but I, I actually feel like it's just another good thing for SC and SC football. Any kid that was considering Oregon or considering SC 
and given what SC did to ensure Lincoln Riley came, and who knows what Oregon's going to do, um, they're probably not going to make anywhere near the splash that SC did. I mean, SC uh, and then LSU, they made these huge splashes. Everybody else, it's kind of been underwhelming, you know? Yeah. In, in so, because no, no other big names have left one game or one team to go to another. Yeah. But um, I would think that SC is going to take advantage of crystal ball leaving. And I hope, George, you know, I, I was like, I love guys who come back to the family. Mario goes home to the family at Miami, but he got a lot of work to do because going from yeah. Oregon to Miami, that's not lateral. That's a big step backwards, not historically, but currently. He got a lot of work to do to get Miami yeah, back Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's it, definitely work to get the talent back, but at least there he's he doesn't have to oh, get on dude. a plane to get good players. You know what he, I mean? Like he had to get on a plane everywhere at Oregon. He, so. He's got what Lincoln Riley has. He's got yeah, in exactly. his backyard exactly. enough players yeah. to recruit 100 guys yeah. from South Florida that yeah. can win a national championship just the same way Lincoln Riley can at USC. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he can recruit nationally there too, obviously, like a lot of these other places can. Um, real quick, I know you want to – we have less than a minute, but I know you wanted yeah. to shout out Jared Goff, right? Damn right. Damn right. Hey, congratulations to Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. They won this weekend. It was one of the most exciting parts of this past NFL weekend. And to see Jared Goff run to Dan Campbell and embrace him after throwing that touchdown pass – you just know how much it means and how hard they work and how nothing's gone right. And finally, finally, the taste of victory. I thought that was really cool, George. All right. Well, good for Jared yes. is what I would say. All right. Good for you, too. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll uh, – oh, tomorrow we're our short show. So uh, Wednesday, when we don't have a short show, maybe we'll bring back Scott Aria. Uh, Please do. As a segment. Got a lot of things to say. I'm sure you do. All right. Excellent work, Scott. Great job, George Sedano. Excellent work. Lindsay and Laura. Uh, I believe Lakers talk with Santa Slee. Ooh, we didn't get to the begrudging of Santa Slee. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Is Slee there? No? All right. Maybe we'll talk to him tomorrow before the Celtics game. All right. That's coming up next. See you.